All right, without further ado, 1 Samuel chapter 22, beginning with verse number 1. Hear the words of the Lord this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 22, beginning with verse number 1. Now, therefore, David departed from there, escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all of his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone was in distress. Everyone was in debt. And everyone was discontented, gathered to him. How many knows that's not good company? So he became a captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Now I want you to look at verse 2 again. Everybody pay attention to verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, everybody say distress. Everybody say debt. Everybody say discontented. They were gathered to him. So he became a captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, help, I don't fit in. Help, I don't fit in. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, your Lord. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in your house today. Open our ears and our hearts that we would hear your word. And everyone said, Amen. I think that all of us would agree that we are living in transitional times. And not only do we live in transitional times, we're living in uh, strange times. We're living in a pandemic. We're coming through a pandemic. And life is not like it was a few years ago. Everything seems to be different. And sometimes we got to look at things from a different perspective when we find ourselves in a different place. When we find ourselves in a different place, we have to change our perspective. I've said this often. It's probably one of my favorite quotes. I love quotes. One of my favorite quotes is this. Your perspective is either your passport or your prison. In other words, how you view things will either cause you to be launched to the next place in life or cause you to be restrained in your current situation. Your passport. It's either your passport or your prison. It's transitional times. It's different times. So it causes us to change our perspective. And I've learned that when we are going through difficult times in life, when we are going through transitional times in life, sometimes we feel like we don't fit in anywhere. We come to church and we don't feel like we really fit in. We're really just here because we have to be here. We don't feel like we really fit in at home. We don't feel like we fit in at the job. We don't feel like we really fit in anywhere. Sometimes that causes some unrest within us. And if you're here this morning and you feel like you don't fit in, well, you're at the right place at the right time. I'm glad you are here. I'm glad that you are here and you are hungry to hear the Word of God because that has the potential to change your life if you will receive it with a receptive heart. Help, I don't fit in. Listen, i got to be honest with you. I have had that happen to me many times in life. Sometimes I struggle to fit in because I'm so different. I have different standards. I look at things differently. And sometimes I feel like I don't fit in. And one of the things I have found out in life is that it's okay that you don't fit in. Who said that it was wrong that you have to fit in all the time? 
I mean, we all want to be accepted. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel honored. And how many would raise your hand and say, I really want to fit in the group? We always, we want to fit in the group. We want to feel loved and accepted. And that is a part of humanity. That's a part of our nature. We want to feel like we fit in. That's, we want a sense of community. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I've learned one thing, that you could be surrounded by people, but not really supported by people. You can really be in the group of people, but yet feel very lonely. You see, I believe that the feeling of fitting in and the feeling of being isolated is not a necessarily a church thing. It's not a job thing. It's not a family thing. It is a spiritual thing. And so we got to change our perspective and realize that we are in a spiritual battle and we are dealing with spiritual things. And the feeling of not feeling like we fit in could be a spiritual issue and it could be a spiritual problem. So I want you to open up your ears and I want you to open up your heart today. I, I, I read the story to you that's very familiar to you. Uh, the story that I just read to you in 1 Samuel 22, we have a person by the name of David. David, according to the Scriptures, is the future king of Israel. David, who is the future king, is running from his father-in-law, who is the king. King Saul is the king of Israel. And King Saul is very jealous over David. And the Bible gives us many indications that Saul had an eye towards David. He had a jealous heart towards David. And Saul wanted to kill David. But you know what David did? David had a high ethical standard. And he would not lay a hand on the king. So David ran or he flee. He, he, he fled from uh, uh, Saul and he went to a cave. And he hid in a cave. David made a decision that I'm going to stay to my standards. I'm not going to touch the king. I'm not going to try to harm him. I know he's after my life. He don't like me. He has, he's jealous towards me. But I'm not going to stoop to his level. So he ran from him and went to a cave called Adullam. He is hiding from the king. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 22 that when he got to the king, he found out, oh, excuse me, when he got to the cave, he found out there was approximately 400 people there in the cave. And they're also hiding as well. And these 400 people in the cave were all in debt. They're all discontented. They're all uh, depressed. They're all discouraged. I mean, isn't that wonderful company to be with? I mean, that's not wonderful company. Can you imagine feeling like you're David? Here is David running from somebody who should love him. He's running from somebody that should protect him. He's the king. King Saul is the king of Israel. And King Saul is his father-in-law. King Saul should protect him. King Saul should love him. King Saul should be one of his greatest supporters. But in this story, King Saul was jealous over David. And so David kept to his ethical standards and ran from Saul and ran to the cave to hide from Saul. And when he got there, he found 400 people who were also in de depression. They, they're in debt and they're discontented. 
And this story holds wonderful application to all of us of how do we handle the caves of life. I mean, I want to I say this. David is the potential king of Israel. And here is the potential king of Israel living in a cave. Sometimes your potential doesn't match your location. Here is David, full of the Spirit of God, anointed of the Holy Spirit to be the next king over Israel, but yet he finds himself in the cave. Have you ever felt that way? Lord, I know there's more on the inside of me. I could do more. Lord, I know there is something on the inside of me that's craving for more, but I find myself in a cave. I find myself in a cave that is limited. I find myself in a place that maybe I'm struggling to be. But David understood something. That even though David really didn't fit in the cave, he felt like he didn't fit there. He's the future king over Israel, and yet he finds himself in the cave. He doesn't fit there. He has great potential. He has a great purpose. No future king should be living in a cave with a bunch of 400 depressed men. But God was doing something in David's life. God was doing something in David's life that was beyond his expectation. What was happening in David was much greater than what was happening to David. And so this story reminds us that sometimes when you don't fit in, maybe God is trying to do something in your life. Maybe you need to change the perspective. Because sometimes when we don't fit in, we change locations. I have met people that have moved 10,000 times because they're just trying to find their niche in life. They're just trying, if I could just move to Colorado, if I could just move here, if I could just, and no offense to Florida, we, we, we love you, okay? They're, they're moving because of legit reasons. But you see what I'm saying? Some people are fine. They just need to find their niche in life. And so they'll move from one church to another church. And they'll move from one place to another place. I can speak from experience. When I was growing up in a, in, uh, as a child, we moved all the time. I remember one time I came home from a youth camp and my pastor dropped me off, dropped me off at the door and nobody was home. It was empty. They moved while I was at youth camp. My parents were always moving from one place to another place. And what was it? There's nothing wrong with moving. That's not what my point is. My point is this, is that sometimes when there is a spiritual deficit in our life, we're trying to search for something to fill it. And location never fills it. People can never fill it. People can never. And that's what happens to David. David runs. David runs. And he runs to a cave. He runs to a cave. Listen, David runs to a safe place. But let me just say this to you. Whatever you run to will eventually run you. Whatever you run to will eventually run you. And where you go could lead to a greater captivity. That's why before you move on, you need to always ask the question, what is the Lord doing in my life? What is the Holy Spirit doing in my life? What does He want me to see that I'm not seeing? Because my next step could lead to a greater captivity and whatever I run to could run my life. 
So you always got to stop and do self-evaluation and see what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You see, when you, when, when you go to the next place, it could lead to a greater captivity. When you're searching for something to fill that empty void, it could lead to a greater captivity. When people feel like there's a deficit and emptiness on the inside of them, they'll run to drugs, they'll run to sex, they'll run to pornography, they'll run to this and they'll run to that, trying to find something to feel that spiritual deficit on the inside of them. And what they'll find out is their next step usually leads them to a greater captivity. Today's compromise leads to tomorrow's captivity. Today's compromise leads to tomorrow's captivity. You've got to be careful where you run to. You've got to be careful where you escape to. You've got to be careful where you run to when you find like when you find yourself not fitting in. When you find yourself not fitting in, you've got to be careful where you find yourself running to. Where are you running to? when you feel like you don't fit in. Come on, folks. You know you run to something. We either run to food. We'll run to sex. We'll run to this. We'll run to that. We'll, we'll do this. We'll watch that. We'll always run to something when you feel like you don't fit in. You always run to something. And whatever you run to will eventually run you. 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 What can we learn in the cave? The cave represents a place of isolation. The cave represents a place of darkness. The cave represents a, 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 a deserted feeling. A place where you don't feel like you fit in. It could be a dark place of your life. It could be a transitional place in your life. It could be a place of struggling. That's what I mean by the cave. And what can we learn in the cave? Here David is the future king, finds himself in the cave with 400 depressed people. What can you learn about the caves of life? Number one, this is what I want you to learn about the caves of life. Number one, the cave is a real place. It is a real place. All of us go through spiritual heartaches. All of us go through spiritual trials and tribulation. We all go through a spiritual battle. It is an inward struggle. It is the feelings of isolation. I don't fit in. The cave is symbolic of those dark places of our life. And when David was in the cave, listen to the pastor, when David found himself in the cave, David wrote some of the Psalms that's in the Psalm book. And two of them in particular, I want you to see. The Bible says in Psalm 142 and verse number 1, I want you to see what David says here. This is David writing in the cave. Okay, this particular psalm is the psalm that David wrote in the cave of Adullam. And this is what David says in the cave. I cried out to the Lord with my voice. With a voice to the Lord, I made my supplication. Verse number two, I poured out my complaint before him. I declared before him my trouble. Verse number three, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, 
Then you knew my path in the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. This is what David was writing in the cave. Do you hear David's heart? Do you see David's heart here? David is saying, Lord, I'm pouring my soul out to you. Lord, I am pouring my complaint out to you. I'm pouring my supplication out to you. Do you hear me? Lord, do you even care? I like what verse number 4 says. Verse number 4 says, no one even cares for me. Because I'm sure that's how David felt. When you're stuck in the cave with 400 people who are in depression, they're in debt, and they're discontented, you would probably feel that way too. Nobody cared for him. The principle is this. You can be surrounded by people, but that doesn't mean you're supported by people. You can be surrounded by people, but that doesn't mean you're supported by people. He was surrounded by 400 men, but he wasn't supported by the 400 men. And you will find yourself in situations in life where you will be around a lot of people and you'll be surrounded by a lot of people, but you won't feel as though you are supported by people. And you've got to tell yourself in those situations that God is doing something in my life, whether people support me or whether they don't support me, because when I come out of this thing, I'm going to be better than what I was when I went in this thing. Sometimes you can be surrounded by people, but that doesn't mean you're supported by people. And isn't it interesting? Look at the Scripture this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse number 1. The Bible tells us that he was surrounded by his father and his brothers. David was surrounded by his family members. Have you ever been around family and still don't fit in? Have you ever been a part of a family and still don't fit in? Even the people that say they love you and care for you, you still feel like you don't fit in. Well, guess what? That's how David felt. He didn't even feel accepted and wanted by his own family. David said in Psalm 142, nobody even cares for me, including my dad, including my brothers. Nobody cares for me. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever felt that your own family don't even care about you? The people that should care about you and the people that should love you and the people that should invest into you, they don't care. It's always, give me something. What can you do for me, David? David, I'm depressed. David, I'm despondent. David, I'm in debt. What can you do for me, David? And David finds himself in the loneliest place of his life, living with 400 people in a miserable situation. And God was saying, David, if you would just be patient and you let me work in your life, I will raise you up to be somebody that you will even be shocked that I can even do it. David finds himself in a place where nobody supported him finds himself in a place where his family didn't even support him. Let me just break it down to you folks. Break it down. Most people are selfish. That's the Adamic nature given to us from Adam. Selfish. It's my needs, my wants, and when you find yourself in the cave, you don't want to support anybody else. 
When you find yourself in the cave and you find nobody is helping you and supporting you, although you are surrounded by a lot of people, you don't want to help no one. You want to curl yourself up in the cave and have a wound-licking fest and lick your wounds and have a pity party about how bad you have it. It's not about always fitting in, folks. The Apostle Paul was thrown into the Philippian jail and he wrote a book called The, Philippian, uh, a book called the Philippians and, and it's about joy. It's not necessarily about fitting in. You've just got to make the best of the situation that's given to you at the time that you find yourself in it. The three Hebrew boys, I'm sure, didn't fit in the fiery furnace, but you've got to make the best of it. The Israelites didn't fit in to Egypt, but they had to make the best of it. The children of Israel didn't fit in in Babylon, but they made the best of it. Sometimes the feelings of fitting in is a setup. It's a setup to lead you to greater captivity. It's a setup to bring discouragement, to lead you to somewhere that in the end you wish you would have never went. The cave is a real place. No one cared for David. Number one, we have to see it is a real place. It is a real spiritual condition. People do suffer from it. Number two, I want you to see in the cave situations of life, it is that you're in a place of cultivation and you're not in a place of cancellation. See, in the caves of life, you are in a place of cultivation. You're not in a place of cancellation. What are you saying? I'm saying this. David was the future king of Israel. David had great potential on his life. And God knew that. But even though David lived in the cave, that did not cancel his future. And it did not cancel the call of God on his life. In other words, God used the cave to cultivate his leadership gifts and ability on the inside of him so that he could handle the responsibility when he became the king. Can I hear an amen this morning? It's a place of cultivation. Listen, you can have great potential in your life, but your potential will never come to a place where it can flourish if you don't learn how to develop in the caves of life. It is in the cave that God was doing something in David's life. It was in the cave that God was cultivating the gifts and the calling on David's life. It was in the cave that God was perfecting David's leadership ability so that he could handle the kingdom when the kingdom would be given to him. It wasn't a place of cancellation. God wasn't canceling His potential because He's in the dark places of His life. God wasn't canceling His call on David's life because David is struggling. And I want to say to some of you this morning, you may find yourself in a dark place. You may find yourself in a place that you don't fit. You may find yourself in the lowest place of your life. And you're struggling this morning, thinking, but Lord, I thought you promised me this. I thought I was going there. And I want to let you know by the Spirit of the Lord that it is not canceled. It is not canceled. 
It is not canceled. God is saying, I'm just trying to develop you in the cave of life. The thing, come on somebody. The devil is saying, the devil is saying this. The devil is saying, I'm going to use the cave to destroy you. And God is saying, change your perspective. The very thing that's meant to destroy you, I want it to develop you in the end. The cave. See, I find yourself, when you find yourself in the cave of life, you have, remember, he's in the cave and his family is not even supporting him. Because when you find yourself in the cave, you, you find two sets of friends. Cave friends and castle friends. Cave friends are those who are, are with you. Through the good and the bad. Castle friends, they don't stay with you. They're always off to the big and the better things. Because they don't know how to handle the cave. When you find yourself in the cave of life, castle people don't stay around. Cave people stay around. Is there any cave people in the building this morning? Say, Pastor, I'm in the cave and I've decided I'm not going to leave the cave, but I'm going to stay in the cave so God can make me what He wants to make me so I can handle what God wants me to handle it when I get out of the cave. Now, once you look at the story, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 22, what happens here? Verse, 1 Samuel 22 verse 2. The Bible says that everybody was discontented. Everybody was in debt. Everybody was in distress. And the Bible says this, so he became the captain over them. You know what happens? David became a leader in the cave. David became a leader in the cave. Listen, how can a man by the name of David who feels miserable, because remember he's running from Saul, he's running from his father-in-law, how can a man who is hurt, a man who don't fit in, a man who's supposed to be the future king, finds himself in a cave, here is a man who's really depressed because he writes Psalm 57 and Psalm 142 and he's crying out to the Lord in distress. And yet he becomes a leader in all of that. Because that's God's plan. And most people don't see that. Most people give up on God, leave the church, become bitter towards people because they don't understand the dark places of life. And God is saying, I'm trying to use the dark places of your life to develop you. Pictures are developed in the dark places. And you will never be developed unless you go through the caves of life. You will never be developed. Never be developed unless you understand how to handle life in the cave. It's a place of Cultivation, not cancellation. This is what we call the becoming process. He became the captain over those people in the cave. He became a leader in the cave. Number three, you've got to realize that in the cave, you can't live by situation. You've got to live by revelation. Because if you live by situation, if you live by what you see, you will get discouraged. If you live by 
what's happening around you and what's surrounding you, you will be discouraged. If you read the Scriptures, one of the things that you will see about the people of God is that we are people of faith. We're not people of feelings. We have feelings. I am a spirit. I possess a body. And I have a soul. I am a spirit that has a soul. What is a soul? Mind, will, emotion. And I have a body. I am called to see things through another set of eyes. I have natural eyes. Excuse me. I have natural eyes, but I have another set of eyes because I have a spirit man on the inside of me. And when you find yourself in the cave of life, when you find yourself in the cave with other people who's depressed and in distress and in debt and discontented, sometimes you've got to rearrange the way you think and look at it from a different way and you've got to start living by revelation. What do I mean by revelation? The revelation of the Word of God. You've got to live by what the Word of God says instead of what your situation says. Is there any faith-filled believers in the building this morning that could say Amen. I said, is there any faith-filled people this morning that could say amen? you got to live by revelation and not by the situation. The cave is very discouraging. you got to look beyond the cave. you got to look beyond the discontented people. you got to look beyond the distress and people who are in debt and live by the revelation of the Word of God. It's interesting to me that David wrote, I said a few moments ago, wrote a couple psalms in the cave. Because if you will allow God, God will birth songs in your life in the darkness of the cave. Some of the greatest songs that David ever wrote was in the cave. David said in Psalm 57 verse 1, read, let me read this to you. You've got to live by situation. No, you, you can't live by the situation. You've got to live by revelation. In Psalm 57, verse number 1, I want you to see what David begins to say here. David says, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in You. And in the shadow of Your wings, I will what? Make refuge until all of these calamities have passed by. What is David saying? David is saying, I have made a decision I'm going to live by revelation. I'm not going to live by situation. I've decided that I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. And I've also decided that I'm going to live under the shadow of His wings. And I'm going to take refuge there. I can't take refuge in Saul. I can't take refuge in my father. I can't take refuge in my brothers. I can't go home to my family. I don't have support. I am surrounded, but I'm not supported. So I have decided I'm not going to live by this situation. I'm going to live by what I know and not what I feel. I'm going to run to the Word of God. I'm going to stand upon the Word of God. I'm going to go to the... That's where I'm going to run to. And you're going to make your decision that in the rough times of life, TLC is not going to bring you out. In the rough times of your life, the TV is not going to bring you out. In the rough times of life, Facebook is not going to bring you out. 
In the rough times of your life, your spouse is not going to bring you out. The church is not going to bring you out. There's only one person that can bring you out, and his name is Jesus, and you've got to run to him because if you run to him, whatever you run to will run your life. And when you find yourself not fitting in, it's a setup to cause you to run to things that will cause greater calamity to your life. Don't live by situation, but live by revelation. A man who will praise in prison is one who can never be imprisoned. Number four, and in closing, you've got to look beyond the mess and see what might be. See, David was in the, the cave. Remember what the Scripture says? 1 Samuel 22, verse 2, the Bible says that he's in the cave with people who are distressed, people who are in debt, and people who are discontented. Now, folks, that's not a good support system. That's not a good support system at all. But David finds himself in the cave. And in the cave, when he finds himself broken himself, he finds himself with these people who look like they don't have no potential. He's looking around in the cave and he finds people in debt and distress. Can you imagine the atmosphere? Can you imagine the heaviness that's in the cave? Can you imagine? It was there that God chose to do something. It was there that God chose to do His work in the cave. In the darkest places of David's life, God was working. You know those 400 men that the Scripture says they were all in distress? They were despondent. They were depressed and dead. You know all those 400 men? Those 400 men became David's mighty men. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 28, beginning with verse number 8, 1 Samuel chapter number 23, excuse me, uh, excuse me, 2 Samuel 23, verse number 8. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse number 8, the Bible tells us that David had some mighty men. These mighty men, according to Scripture, I don't have time to read the whole chapter to you because it gives us the indication that these men were the same men, possibly, from the cave. So God used these people who were in debt, these people who were discontented, these, these people who were in distress. God used those men and they became mighty men, and these mighty men helped bring David to the throne. You see, in the cave, you got to look beyond what you see. You got to look beyond the mess. You got to look beyond the debt. You got to look beyond the distress. You got to look beyond all of that. Look beyond the mess and see the message that God is trying to convey. These men who look like They were nothing. Who looked like they didn't have potential. 
I mean, nobody would think people who are so depressed and despondent, you wouldn't think that those people would be mighty men who would help you get to the throne. But that's exactly what happened. God used those 400 men in the cave because what happened was David became the leader. Remember? Verse number 2. David became the leader of these 400 men. And those 400 men were developed and trained by David. And those men became his mighty men. And those men helped him to get to the throne chapters later. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what we see in the natural realm. I'm telling you, God is working behind the scenes. And he is raising up depressed people. He's raising up despondent people. He's raising up people in debt. God is saying, I see in you much more than you see in yourself. So you can get up and celebrate today because he believes in you. They were, they were world changers. So that tells me, folks, it doesn't matter how you feel today. Because that, I know it's real. But what's happening in you is greater than what's happening around you. What's happening in you is greater than what's happening. What's happening in you is greater than what's happening around you. See, that's what we can learn from the cave. Learn that the cave is a real place. Number one, It's a place of cultivation, not cancellation. We learn that we got to live by revelation instead of the situation. And we learn that we got to look beyond what we see, look beyond the mess and see what God is doing. What is God doing in your life? In the dark places of your life. To close my sermon, the excuse of I don't fit in it's a spiritual problem. People throughout Scripture found themselves in unpredictable situations that they did not fit. But they made the best of it. Books were written. Churches were developed. Thousands of people were converted. You can't always go by, I don't fit. Because God is saying, you're saying you don't fit, but I'm trying to fit some things in you. I'm trying to do something in your life. It's a real place. The cave is a real place. I don't Want, neither do you, want castle friends. You want some cave friends. They'll learn to stand with you in the dark places of your life. Amen. Can I hear an amen this morning?